The last time we got together, we talked about being a triathlete in the age of the COVID pandemic. We touched a little bit upon nutrition, but after that conversation, we realized we had so many questions and we decided that nutrition deserved its own time in the Zoom living room. This was our conversation. All right, so we are here. The day is finally here. We have Jaja and Yakutala here, and they are going to talk with us about nutrition. Uh, I did um, a webinar not too long ago that was supposed to encompass nutrition, but we got so many questions about nutrition. And then as I thought about it, I was like, that's that's such a broad uh, topic that really needed its own time. So we talked about fueling specifically, um, and this one is dedicated to overall nutrition. And I'm excited about this one because it's not just for triathletes. I think it's for everybody um, to help you just live your best life, not just as it relates to uh, triathlon. So one of the reasons I, I pulled these two young ladies together was I've watched both of them and their journey as it relates to nutrition. Jaja, it started as her own personal journey and she shared that journey with everyone else. And now she, she's the owner of a business called The Exposed Vegan. And she's literally one of the go-tos in the tri community when it comes to nutrition. Um, I can't even remember where I met Yakutala, but I do know uh, she's a member of Muslimas Indoor. I think that's when we first really started engaging. She is just one of the rocks in the, the Atlanta uh, run community and the Islamic community. She is a, a licensed uh, dietitian. And I just wanted to bring them on to talk about overall nutrition because uh, not only are they both passionate about what they do, oh, we have a lot more people wanting to join. Let me let everyone in. Um, a lot, not necessarily di divergent, but different uh, schools of thought as it relates to nutrition. So I thought it was good not to just hear one script, but just hear, hear their different philosophies, how they're different and how they suit your lifestyle. So that's why I'm excited um, to have both of them here. So the, the first thing I wanted to do was one, how did, how did both of you get into nutrition and making nutrition a part of your, your passion and a part of your life? Um, so I can start with that one. First of all, thank you, Khadija, for having us. This is such an honor. And um, I know you didn't say how we met, but I definitely stalked you uh, for time in the triathlete community. I was so excited when I finally met Khadija in person. I was just talking, 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 talking. And she said, what's your name? <laughs> um, and, and I was like, oh, I'm Shasha and I just love you. And so um, it's such an honor to be a part of this with you. So thank you for arranging this. I'm so excited to be here. Um, and I'm so excited to, I feel like my co-host is my new sister. So thank you for bringing us both together. Um, this is very exciting. So going to your question. Um, how did I get started? Well, um, as most people know with triathletes, which I am, um, nutrition is definitely that fourth discipline um, that I learned <laughs> from bumps in the road 
that I needed to get my nutrition right uh, to complete a race successfully. And then I also learned um, from different ailments. I do have arthritis in my knee. I broke both of my legs when I was um, 17. And I found out from the doctor that I definitely generated a lot of arthritis and to avoid um, different things like knee surgery, I was told I should keep my weight down and that um, I needed to change my nutrition and to do things like um, be careful of inflammation um, or I could you know, take injections or take medication or have knee surgery. So I chose nutrition. Um, I felt like that was the easier thing for me to do and it would be great for my family. I have three children um, and a husband that travels and so it just became a whole lifestyle for us. So I'll pass on. All right. Thank you all for joining. Thank you so much for putting this together, Khadija. Um, I was telling Jaja earlier, uh, we were looking at her kitchen. I said I loved her uh, kitchen setup. Um, we met in 2013 at the Rock and Roll Savannah Marathon. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh -huh. And that's when I also met Yaleen. Yes. And she got up and did a 15 mile run to get her day started. <laughs> so that was interesting. Um, yeah. So um, met Khadija there. She did the half. I think we just did the 5K. But um, it was a, a great experience. Uh, my first time at a destination race. Um, as far as nutrition for me, um, I became very interested in nutrition early on, elementary, high school. Um, my dad actually passed uh, from a heart attack. Um, and I became very, you know, interested attending um, appointments with him and things like that. Um, and I said, you know what, from early on, um, I really want to be involved in preventative nutrition. Um, so I got involved with the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics. Um, I did my master's in nutrition, undergrad and master's. Um, and then I went on to do certifications in adult weight management um, and some other things including integrative and functional nutrition. Um, my philosophy, are we at philosophy? Can I talk a little bit about that or? I mean, if you'd like to, yeah. Um, practicing for 14 years um, in the Atlanta, Chicago and Tennessee area. Um, I'm very passionate about nutrition because I understand nutrition is very broad and no matter your background or lifestyle or dietary approach, I think it's very important that we approach it from a uh, evidence-based user-friendly perspective and looking at resources overall that can help us um, that are based in evidence um, and to have a community um, and coaches that are able to help you put two and two together, right? Um, so that you can you know, fuel your best life, really. That's all I have. Okay. So uh, I know I it seems like both of philosophy question. Well, I, I'd like to, and it's funny because I mean, I knew you, I knew Jaja that part of the reason that you became so passionate about nutrition was your experience with your health. And even now, how does it, how does it impact you? Does that still guide your philosophy 
Uh, tell me how it impacts you overall and even just with snacking. I mean, how does it impact you overall? I realized during um, different race seasons, you know, we get to the end of the year and you get to December or maybe even around Thanksgiving time. And I was just thinking like, oh, all the races are done. I'm about to go fuck wild. <laughs> just eat whatever. Um, I've been on this whole, you know, journey around my nutrition. Um, but it became around Thanksgiving. I'm going to pull out all kinds of stuff. I'm going to make baked macaroni and cheese and all this other stuff. And then I realized like I would get sick. Um, I didn't feel well. I couldn't keep up with the kids. I was sleeping a lot. I was bloated. I felt like I'm about to have a baby again. Um, and then my knee would start hurting. Then all of that pain would come back. And I was like, okay. And then you get into new year's resolution. Um, like, all right, I'm going to get rid of that stuff again. And I feel good. And then after four years of the cycle, it's like, what are you doing? <laughs> and I had, um, Ironman Cosmo, which, uh, uh, Leslie uh, said we should not do dairy leading up to the race which I felt amazing I went to Cosmo there was such amazing food and I just went buck wild before race day and on that course I was so sick I um, was throwing up on the bike and the run I was in pain my stomach was hurting from so many different things I mean I had the water there but as I dissected race day, you know, when you have things that are not successful, you start to look back and do your steps and determine, you know, what do I need to change? And after going to the doctor, I realized, okay, a woman over 40, there's a couple of things I need to change. Um, the salt <laughs> is definitely things I need to watch. I need to watch sodium. I need to stay out of the aisles. I need to eat a lot more fresh vegetables so that I can move my bowels. Like there's just all these things that I didn't have to think about when I was in my twenties, but when you're 40, like you really have to think about all that, all that stuff that's sitting in there. Like, how do I get rid of all this? And it wasn't just the exercise. It was what I was putting in my mouth that was so important. So I decided 1231, I'm getting rid of dairy, I'm getting rid of meat, and I just came vegan and I felt, I immediately lost like eight pounds within like two months. I am now down about 16 pounds since 1231. I've, I've stayed in that range, um, but I feel so much better. Like I have so much more energy and um, so much with my body feels better. The bloating that was there all the time like I could, I took a before and after and I just feel great. And um, my family, some have joined me a part of the journey. Uh, my son, middle son, uh, middle child is vegan. And um, my, uh, the rest of my family, they joined in several different ways. So it totally changed our life, I'd say that. Stumbling. Yeah. For several so that's all, I saw those ribs Mr. Porter had and I was yeah. concerned yeah. that I see he's <laughs> but I also had the ribs so you know uh he still goes through his own journey but I definitely had to make a change for myself so that 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 kind of leads us into philosophy I know that we have two different philosophies so you could and let's come back to the vegan but Yukutla what what is your philosophy your overall philosophy on uh on nutrition Overall, I like to approach it from a non-diet approach, right? So you see a lot of these fad diets out there. Um, you know, New Year's resolution come around, and again, we're on another diet, right? If all these fad diets worked, then why are we on a different one every time January 1st comes around, right? So a lot of it, you have to kind of question the approach. 
why jump on the bandwagon and do all these different things when they don't work, right? Instead of focusing on um, strategic, uh, simple approaches that work, right? Um, it's interesting that Jaja, she mentioned uh, being in a household where both spouses are not vegan, right? So then you have to adjust to that as well because my husband's not vegan. Um, but I make sure that we include a lot of fruits and vegetables and things like that. Um, I think, you know, my philosophy is a realistic philosophy and realizing, I know working with a lot of my clients, um, you have to look at it from not a blanket, one size fits all, but really looking at what works for the individual. Um, so I like it really to approach it uh, from that perspective and looking at identifying uh, what is the overall goal. We all have different goals, right? When it comes to your health and wellness um, and being able to approach it from a realistic perspective um, and set goals and be able to reach those goals. Um, sometimes you find things that work and that's great. And sometimes you find things that need to be tweaked or readjusted and being able to do that, whether or not you're vegan or pescatarian or flexitarian or whatever it is, um, finding that nutrition prescription that works for you. And I've, I, I, and I, I tell people that too, a lot of people, I've had people at work ask me about, oh, well, what's your diet? What do you eat? And I was like, well, first of all, I probably eat twice as many calories as you will need to consume because of what I do every day. And then also my diet is focused on one energy level because between my job, my kids and my training and the stuff I just throw on my back because I do and I probably shouldn't, I'm looking for at energy level and performance. So that's people recognizing what their goals are and being honest about who they are as a person is, is very important. And I like what Jaja said, uh, said about age. I'm a little bit older than Jaja. I'm not going to say how much, but yeah, your, your age has, has a lot to do with it. I definitely, I was like a 10 year old when I was 20. So I know I can't eat and do the things I did when I was 20. So, um, yeah, that's, that's extremely good advice. It's not about a diet. It's about your lifestyle. Yeah. So Jaja, tell us a little bit about your philosophy and why it works for you. So for me, I just had to make a lifestyle change. Um, again, I'm avoiding knee surgery and I was told what it would take to do that. Um, two, I like food. So <laughs> I like to eat. I like colorful food. I mean, I like to throw down and I like to cook. Um, and some of the things that I realized like, oh, how am I gonna do this? I like ice cream. So I recognized I had to figure out what worked for me. I found non-dairy ice cream, um, different advice from different doctors. Um, I think people asked about cheese. I found non-dairy cheese. So I had to figure out like, how can I have this lifestyle um, that works for me, um, but that's also good for my body so that I can be sticking around for a long time. Um, I recognize that there's just so much that's in the aisles um, that which we may talk about that um, increases diseases um, that I just, I wanna be here. Um, and we've lost a lot of family members during this time. And a lot of it contributes to what we're eating. Things that we just don't, we don't feel well, a lot of it contributes to what we're putting in our mouth. And I recognize that as I was like eating well 
and then stopped, I feel horrible. Eating well, stopped, and I feel horrible. Like there's obviously a pattern and I had to stop going with that diet and stop doing this and doing that. I had to just make a lifestyle change and I feel fantastic. And so that's, um, you know, why we started a business to share more with other people, what I've learned. Um, and just, it's for me, it's just a lifestyle. Um, and, but I want good food. <laughs> so I had to learn over time that good colorful food that tastes good, you know, how to do that. And I had to teach myself that and, uh, research, so I can make a lifestyle change and, you know, not, you know, go up and down with the, the different diet regimens, if you will. You've said this three times and probably most of the people on this call get what you're saying, but stay out of the aisles. What does that mean? So what I realized um, as I was in the aisles, like I like beans, but when I turn that can around and I see everything that they're doing, uh, to season those beans, I was like, okay, sodium, 400 grand, like what? <laughs> and that's where my stomach started getting big. Um, and I realized that I need to stay off the sodium because that increases inflammation. That would make my knee hurt. Like after a couple of miles, I, I'm in pain. And so I had to change things that I was doing. Um, and so when I'm saying in the aisles, you really need to look at things that are processed that are not naturally grown and made, um, not just organic, just things in cans. What are they doing to preserve that food versus you getting a bag and an Instapot and in 20 minutes, you can just put your own herbs in there and make yourself some beans, which I'm doing right now. Um, so staying out the aisles, just naturally making something and looking at what's, what you're eating. If it's not something that's grown, look at the instructions. If you have a hard time reading it, it's probably not something that you should put in your body. <laughs> if you're not clear that God really made that grown somewhere, I just felt like I shouldn't eat. If I can't pronounce it and I'm pretty smart, then I probably shouldn't be eating it. <laughs> and I, I come from a family, I would be talked about in several different languages if my, my beans <laughs> came out of a can. You, you know that. <laughs> So yeah, that's what I mean, out of the aisle. <laughs> that, that's funny. Um, she mentions the aisles. Um, we did grocery store tours, right? Um, and we had a lot of our clients come in and they really, a lot of our clients are ex-military. So the military cooked all their food. They, they lined up, they got their food, breakfast, lunch, dinner. They didn't really cook, right? When they were home, their family cooked and they ate. So a lot of it was looking at how do I go shopping, just the basics. Um, and when you're looking at the aisles, of course, you're going to have your processed foods. And then, of course, you have your fruits and vegetables on the outside aisles. So not only, you know, really reading those labels are so important, um, looking at what's in it, right? Because we also have, you know, some low-income families. And a lot of times they may have uh, resource restrictions or whatever and helping to teach them how to eat better. Okay, we have college students. How do they eat on a budget, right? Oftentimes with college students, you have that freshman 15 and you're gaining weight away from home, right? Because mom's not cooking anymore. You're out there kind of, you know, on a meal plan or shopping for yourself and your roommate or whatever. Um, but really just looking at how to navigate grocery shopping, right? Um, for those who, uh, you know, are able to support community, supported agriculture, 
or have access to uh, local farms, community farmers markets. Um, some of our farmers, I know Bread and Butter Farms and Truly Living Well and Glen Rose Gardens are a few here in the Atlanta area, um, really also navigating how to support locally grown uh, local agriculture, you know, to get some of those fruits and vegetables as well. Um, farmers markets, really looking at not just, oh, I'm going to rely on Kroger's, but you do have other options um, to identify a lot of your plant-based um, meal planning strategies. So one of the things I'd like to do is um, both of you are obviously excited about what you're doing. Um, and both of you, I have clearly seen how you've made nutrition and sharing nutrition with the community um, as part of your life. But I'd like you to take a moment just to talk about what makes you excited about what you're doing um, and what's your favorite recipe. And then let's go into the demos, everybody. So we have a treat. They're going to do a quick cooking demo for us. And I wanted, I want to make sure that I leave a lot of time for Q&A, because as I look at the uh, one, we have quite a few people on the call right now. Um, and two, um, everybody on this call is not a, not a triathlete. I see some runners. I see some people who aren't even athletes at all. Um, so I want to give everybody a chance to ask some some questions of these young ladies. So so what makes you excited and what's your favorite meal? Um, okay, my favorite meal I'm going to demo today is the tofu scramble. Um, I love to make that after uh, early morning workouts. I'm a little crazy. I work out really early in the morning, but that's just so I can get it done before the kids get up. So I love making that one. Um, it's pretty flexible and you can kind of change ingredients, which I'm going to show. And again, what makes me excited is colorful, good food. Um, and I like big bowls of things. I don't want to just do salad all day long. I didn't become a vegan just to have salad. Um, so that is, is just not something that I do, but what I get excited about food, especially after a good workout. I'm like, yes, I earned this. Um, I'm about to throw down. I just don't want to be sick afterwards. And so that's why I had to change my lifestyle, but I get excited about colorful, good food, put my feet up, have a bowl and I go in. <laughs> All right. You're law. All right, so I think I'll do my favorite foods. Um, I have a lot of favorite foods because I love to eat, all right? Um, I love lentil stew, um, oh, and especially this time of year, I love like the soups and stews. Um, I also like, uh, I guess what they call Buddha bowls um, because you can put like so many different things in the bowl um, and you can kind of make it your own. You can flavor it the way you want to. Um, I always joke with my husband. I say, you know, my top three uh, favorite seasonings or spices, um, herbs are like my onions, my garlic, my smoked paprika, my nutritional yeast. I love it. And I, I always find a way to try to put those in everything that I cook. Um, in addition to those recipes. Today, I'm actually going to do a demo for a really quick uh, snack, I guess, like that I use sometimes when I do my long runs. Um, and it's called a power uh, date ball. Really simple stuff you can make and kind of take with you on your long runs. Um, but I also get excited um, when I'm able to really work with people 
um, and help them really identify a strategy that works for them. And then I'm also able to see the before and after. So they might come and they have like, you know, high A1C diabetes. And then I'm able to see, you know, six months later when they're able to bring their A1C down and reduce medication or come off medication. So that gets me excited because it, it makes me feel like, oh my God, you know, um, I was helpful. I was able to help somebody kind of change up um, their total trajectory. So that also gets me excited. Okay. All right, so we are going to get started with Jaja and I know that Yakutala needs to make uh, a quick change and head to the kitchen. But my, um, while she's getting ready, I think my favorite things are, <laughs> and I don't know if you wanna really call these meals, but I like um, avocado and egg whites. I know that sounds like, is that a meal? I eat that all the time <laughs> for breakfast. And I also like, I like salmon and salad. So, but I don't eat salmon very much. That's a meal. That a, it, it's a meal. I make for Zion. Um, I often make myself a tofu scramble and, um, and I have avocado here. So yes, he okay. does like pop his too. Um, with avocado. Um, so yes, and Jay would probably be down with the salmon. That's what he's been doing a lot lately. So yeah. you could just come over and stay with us, Katie. <laughs> Fit right in. <laughs> Who's the uh, extra kid? Why does the kid have gray hair? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm gonna get started. And Katie, you can welcome to talk to me while uh, things are okay. So I'm gonna tell you what I'm putting in here. So what I did was I pre-did this because I wanted to leave lots of time for questions. Okay. So what I put in the pan was olive oil. Another little secret I do is I get this at the dollar store. I have a million of them and I put olive oil in there so I can just grab it and put it around. I find this very useful. We have this okay. um, for when Jay's on the grill, put some water out there. So these are very handy dollar stores. Okay. Um, I use the big jugs of olive oil. I need to get those. Yeah, so instead of you getting the jug and pulling stuff out, I like things to be easy. Um, so I cut up some onion and I put that in there. I start the onion first um, because I don't like soggy vegetables. So there's other things that I'm gonna do last. The next thing that I'm gonna add in is some, um, cut green bell pepper, adding that next. So other things that I cut up are, I love mushrooms. Yes, me too, that's, I like mushrooms. Oh, my, my kids love mushrooms too. I'm telling you, you could come stay with us. <laughs> uh, <laughs> And I, like I said, I love colorful food. So I have different uh, peppers here. I have yellow, red, orange. I'm gonna add those in later. Um, I have, I went outside because um, I have a new garden. If you have time, I can take the phone outside. Um, but I cut up a bunch of herbs that were outside. So kale, um, maybe oregano. I have sage out there, tons of things. And so I chopped those up really finely. I also, it's a uh, 
I always chop things up and throw it in the kids' food all the time so they don't realize, like, what's the green stuff? It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, a good way to give the kids greens, just chop it up, put it in between rice. I put it in Zion's eggs. It's just like in potatoes. So I love to chop things up, just put in bowl. And after things are good marinade, I just throw it on there and they're good to go. The digestive system is great. Um, I mashed up this kind of with my fingers, some um, organic extra firm tofu. So for folks, I'm adding all of this stuff because it doesn't have any flavor. So I need it to have flavor and I'm gonna show you how you make it have color, um, extra firm, otherwise it's too soft. I also have my sea salt. Um, I have, I think we talked about a little bit nutritional yeast. I have turmeric, which is good, again, for inflammation, and I have black salt. Now, those things aren't required. Um, black salt gives it that egg flavor. So for folks who are like, I don't want to give up eggs, it starts to taste a little bit like that with this. Like, it even smells like it. Oh, I didn't um, know that. Yeah, I learned that, too. Um, and then I have some black beans. I'm gonna take it out of the Instapot, but this is what I was talking about, bag of beans. This is like worth the four cans. And when we talk about folks that can afford, you know, doing a little more so that they can afford four cans for like 97. Yeah. This is more economical. I have a ton in the cabinet. So I do this more versus getting the cans. Cause at first I was doing the um, low sodium. Low sodium just meant just a little less sodium to me. So this doesn't have anything unless I put stuff in there. So, um, and you can kind of look up depending on how you make them, whether you make it on a pot or you make it on an Instapot. Um, I'm looking at questions too. So we'll come back to that. I saw somebody asked a question about nutritional yeast. Kutala loves to use that. And as she does her demo, I'm going to have her talk about that and also talk about the benefits of using nutritional yeast. Thank you. We'll come back to that. I love it because it gives like a little cheesy flavor. Oh, um, okay. I learned that when I was... Um, once you decide to change your diet, like, how can I make this taste like something I had before? So I got nutritional yeast because I was like, I love macaroni and cheese. Like, how do I keep, you know, the things that I still love with just different ingredients? So nutritional yeast is one of those things that you can do. And then non-dairy cheddar cheese. Um, there's so many different ways. And now it has definitely a different taste, but it was close enough where I was going to do that. So, all right, so I've sauteed, hopefully you guys can see the pan. Um, and Mr. Porter just joined. So we're oh. going to ixnay on the, uh, on the Ibs ray. <laughs> hey, he was talking about you earlier and your, uh, your ribs. Um, okay, so I have onions, they're a little soft. The next thing I'm gonna add is my mushrooms. And again, I chopped these up before just for the interest of time. Now, do you just lightly coat the pan with the oil or how much oil do you put in? I, that's why I love this so that I can like, I did a little circle in the beginning and I kind of go back. I'm not frying food, I'm sauteing it. So um, 
I'm going a little quick just because it's a demo. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I normally keep it low so that I don't have to add a lot of oil. And there's definitely different benefits of oil. So maybe we can go over that later. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm likely coating it. I'm not frying it. I'm sauteing. Again, I'm letting my mushrooms get a little soft. And I'm going to tell you the same thing I said at the last webinar. I haven't, I haven't been to church since I was like 18 or 19 years old. But I think they say the same thing at the mosque. Take your time. Yeah, take your time. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> okay. So I have beans in an Instapot. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do under this. I'm gonna take my beans out of the Instapot in a second. And again, if you, what I normally do, cause I love to throw beans in everything. What I normally do is I um, make an Instapot worth and then I can use them throughout the week. I think it's good yeah. for a couple. So as mentioned earlier, if you're going to do a Buddha bowl and you can add so many different things to it, I add beans and other things that I can make. Okay. The next thing I'm going to do, and you'll notice that I'm kind of doing one different ingredients at a time. You know, I don't like soggy peppers. Now I'm adding in the herbs that I got. Um, but again, these are greens. You can do spinach. Some people say that kale doesn't agree with them. Um, any type of green leafy vegetable is definitely encouraged to keep yourself regular. Yeah. And I know too, everybody's all into this kale thing. I guess it's kind of bougie. You got yeah. collard greens. Right. We're encouraging uh, a green vegetable to help keep yourself regular. So I have kale because I grew it outside. I was surprised that it was going to like it and I can go outside and pick it. But spinach is good. Any type of, you know, mixed greens you got, I would chop them up and put that in there. I ran out of spinach last week and threw some... uh, collard greens into one of my smoothies and my, my oh. son was like did you just put greens <laughs> like mom you like, get them yeah. <laughs> I was like yeah like whatever you're like as long as I got it <laughs> so now I've added in those peppers nice and colorful yeah that's a little bit more this is not even taking long. We're almost done. Okay. All right. So the next thing that I'm going to do, you have beans for me? Put those beans to the side. I'll add those later because they're already cooked. So I'm not going to cook the beans. I already made them and Instapot will be something that I add later. I can... Now add in the tofu. Again, it was crumbled. It's kind of like making um, scrambled eggs. Now I'm gonna show you, like I'm mixing all this in. I will soon add in. um, Oh, and the beans are still steaming. Yeah, 
they just came out of the Instapot. Um, well, Jason Jr. was helping me with my checklist of what I needed. And he's like, you don't have any beans. And I was like, put this in the pot. But it was quick, it was 20 minutes. I ran in the door and I realized there was something that I needed. So now what I'm gonna add in, and honestly, I really don't do that much salt, but since we're recording, I add a little sea salt. Can I add in turmeric? So you can start to see the color starts to change. I love turmeric, so that's why you see why I add it a lot. Um, I'm gonna add in this nutritional yeast. And then a little bit of the black salt, not too much. It's a little, I find the flavor can be a little overpowering. That was just a little bit. Now I'm gonna mix it. You may notice it's starting to take a new egg color. Yeah, this could be for breakfast or uh... Lunch a, or a lunchtime thing. Yep, yeah. Yeah. And normally when I come in from like a bike ride or run in the morning, half will be for breakfast as a bowl. Sometimes I can put it over even lettuce if I just wanted a few more greens. And then the other half I can have for lunch. So I just put it to the side, put it in the refrigerator and heat it up for lunch and a snack. And you probably see that it's like a yellow orange color. Now the last thing I'm gonna add in is the beans. Like I said, I made that in the Instapot, they're already cooked. And again, whatever ingredients you like, um, Nikis was like, told me earlier, like don't forget to add some jalapenos. Now I don't do jalapenos, but whatever you like to put in your bowl, um, just go at it. Yeah, my kids love spicy foods. They're funny. Yeah. I've had friends over and you know serve them some of the food that I make, and they're like, "Are you trying to kill us?" And my kids are just <laughs> smacking their lips, like, "Oh, mom!" <laughs> Hilarious. So I'm just about done. Oh, wow. That was literally that was less than no 10 job. minutes. I know. So now I'm going to top it with some avocado. That looks really good. Mmm. And then while she's cooking, I'm eating. Oh, I hear that. <laughs> no, but you you got to make sure you post that recipe, Jaja. Will do, I, will do. I will add that to the, uh, when I post the link out to uh, the podcast and the YouTube video. I'll make mm -hmm. sure that we share the um, share their information and uh, the recipe. So Yakutala, are you ready? Ah. Oh my God, yeah. that looks delicious. And I'm the one who asked about the cheese. That's the, I don't do any dairy. I don't drink milk. I do eat um, egg whites, but... Um, I don't like ice cream. I've never really liked been an ice cream person, but that cheese. <laughs> <laughs> All right, oh. handing it over to you, sis. 
All right, great job, Jaja. Looks delicious. All right, so what are what are we cooking here today? All right, so today what we're doing, um, we're doing date Powerballs. Okay. Real simple. I love dates. Um, sometimes I'll just do this like the night before, chill them in the refrigerator, take them with me on my run. They're really easy um, to and do. And this would be um, good for the cyclists on the call too. You can throw a couple of these in your back you pocket. Can, you know, throw a couple of these in. Um, a lot of times uh, they'll have like cereal bars and some of that other stuff out there, but these you can make your own. Um, and then you can control more of the ingredients that you put into it. Right. So sometimes people are like, well, how do I make my own granola or how do I, you know, kind of make my own kind of power balls if I want to take them with me. Um, this recipe is actually from uh, Natural Delights um, Medjool. Um, and I really love their dates. Um, I'm using the fresh dates, uh, pitted organic. Um, so no pesticides, uh, no added sugar. Dates are pretty sweet on their own. You don't really have to add any sugar. Uh, some people like to add honey, but again, dates are already sweet. Um, so what I do is I add about um, six dates. Um, I also add oats. So you can do oats, you can do bran. I actually get a lot of item bulk from farmer's market. Is that um, the South DeKalb farmer's market? I see. DeKalb farmer's market. Mm -hmm. um, you can buy them in any supermarket, but DeKalb, they have a better price point. Um, mm -hmm. So I like to buy a lot of my items in bulk, um, especially when it comes to my grains um, and it comes to my beans. And then I'm able to put them into smaller containers to portion them out. Um, so what I did was I put about a cup of oats and portioned everything out. Um, and then I added about a half a cup of bran. Um, this is actually gonna be a great source of fiber, okay? Um, and then I mixed that over in there along with about two tablespoons of peanut butter. When we talk about peanut butter, what I really like about the peanut butter um, is that the peanut butter is not only gonna give you the carbs you need, but it's also gonna give you um, the protein you need. And for your Two tablespoons, you're going to get about eight grams of protein, right? Yeah. You do have the option of using any nut butter. I know some people have allergies, right? Um, so you do have to address that. Um, so you want to look at what nut butter is going to fit you, right? Um, I like the creamy natural peanut butter because there are only two ingredients and that's roasted peanuts and salt, right? Um, so I use the peanut, uh, it's only 130 milligrams, right? Um, when it comes to sodium, you want to make sure that your sodium um, content is less than, low sodium is considered 140 milligrams or less, right? So you can use your peanut butter or you can use almond butter or cashew butter. Um, they do have places where you can go and make your own butter. So some of you guys go to Sprouts or Whole Foods where you can kind of press your own butter, that's fine. I think they do that at South DeKalb now as well. There's a stand, you can point out what you want and they run it through that and grinder. Through. Right, so mm -hmm. you can make, get your own butter made um, and you know, if that's an issue, um, a lot of them are non-GMO. They're not, you know, you don't want any added sugars and things like that. Just the whole natural is what you want to do. What I also added um, was you have your choice of seeds, right? Um, but I chose the organic hemp seeds, right? You can do chia seeds. You can do flax seeds. That's fine. Um, I chose the organic hemp seeds. They're heart healthy, and they also give you about nine grams of protein per serving. So that's about three tablespoons. So I put three tablespoons in there as well. Um, and then I also crushed about two ounces of almonds. I love almonds. You can use any nut or no nut at all if you have nut allergies, right? Um, I actually did one ball. I'm going to do the rest of them. Um, and then I basically mixed everything up. Um, and you guys can kind of see what it looks like in the bowl, right? Kind of looks like granola. Um, but what keeps it together is the peanut butter and the dates, right? So you have that consistency. And then basically 
you just ball it out. I mean, you literally just put them into balls. They're really easy to kind of make. Um, just ball them out. And, and this is gonna give you probably about seven or eight balls. <clears throat> and it's funny because I trialed it uh, the other day and I was like, hmm, um, I think I need more dates or uh, I needed some more peanut butter because I wanted it to taste a certain way. You just ball it out. And I actually put it um, on a container or a dish that has wax paper because the wax paper, I can just put it in the refrigerator and chill it. And then I can, you know, kind of eat the balls when I'm ready. You can also use these over in your oatmeal if you wanted to add them to your oatmeal or whatever, that's fine. I can see this being uh, a good snack too for those long training days. Cause sometimes um, when I'm training for a full, you have two or three of those training days that are literally almost as long as the Ironman themselves. Now I'm a huge proponent of a, a full liquid uh, fueling plan when it comes to my racing. But uh, sometimes on those training days, you, you just need a little bit of solids. I can see that with it has a lot of energy in it and it has a little bit of protein to kind of sustain you. Right. right. So I could see doing that. So you, so you got your protein, you got your fiber in here, uh, you got your heart healthy uh, nuts and seeds. Mm -hmm. they're, and they're great to get the kids involved too. So if you have kids and they like to cook with you in the kitchen, I mean, it's a fun activity to kind of get them engaged as well. Yeah. Yeah. So um, for this one, um, I actually got about seven. And, and how they, many calories are in uh, approximately? Okay, so I know each, it's not. So, so each, each one of these balls are about 90 calories. Okay. And, and that's kind of what they look like. So you guys can see what they look like. Okay. Yep. And it, it really just depends on what you use as far as um, your fat. Depends on if you're using almond butter or um, uh, peanut butter. Mm -hmm. And it depends on what type of seeds you're using as well, because you want to count the monounsaturated and the polyunsaturated fats as well. If you're okay, so if, can you if, if you're looking at uh, overall, you know, fat, and, and you have good fats, you have your heart healthy fats, and that's fine. Um, but you just want to. It depends on what ingredients you use. Okay. And I was going to touch upon your question about the. Um, I think it was nutritional yeast, right? Yeah. So we had a question about the nutritional. Yeah. The nutritional yeast, and there's a lot of information out there. The nutritional yeast, a lot of times when we're saying, hey, you know, um, we want to make sure that we're including our plant-based options. You want to make sure that you're including plant-based sources of B vitamins. So that's why I use nutritional yeast in addition to it tasting great and it tastes like cheese and I want to put it on my popcorn. It's also going to be a source of B vitamins. So, you know, your B6 and things like that. Ah, okay. I didn't know that either. It's, okay. easy, it's really easy to just kind of add to your foods. It's an easy add. Okay. And you get that cheese flavor without adding actual cheese. So that, that's kind of the appeal for it. And you get the color, you know, you can really kind of color your foods if you wanted to have a certain color and things like that. So let me ask both of you this. I, I personally, I take um, a multivitamin every day. Um, and I also take um, a little bit of extra uh, magnesium and potassium. So you, your kutzel is dropping off to go wash your hands. Um, because I sweat so much. Um, how do you, what is your, what is your thought on the need for multivitamins 
if your diet is where it should be. And I mm -hmm. see Ralph is on the call. I, I know as a physician, I don't know if you want to chime in or not, but what what's your thought process on that? Because I know triathletes and runners, we're out here taking all kinds of supplements. Are they even really needed if we have a balanced diet? I, um, if you want to know my opinion, um, there's literature and then there is uh, opinions from athletes. Mm -hmm. I think that if you look at the literature, eating a balanced diet for the average person that is not a long distance triathlete, multivitamins do not add much that one can measure to longevity or health. Mm -hmm. um, however, folks that work out a lot, like you know, a lot of the folks here on this call, sweat out and they sweat their minerals out. And uh, I myself take a multivitamin because I notice that I feel better. I don't have muscle cramps and things like that when I replete my body minerals a little bit better. Mm -hmm. So that's the reason for me that it makes sense for athletes to take a multivitamin, even though you cannot prove by research that um, it's very helpful on a, on a, by measuring uh, metrics of longevity and heart disease and things that you can measure like that. So that's kind of my take and that's kind of what I do with it, so. I, I totally agree, um, uh, Dr. Lyons. Um, a lot of, I'm actually gonna drop off my phone. So I think- Yeah, because you have both on that. I got feedback, okay. Um, it's interesting. Um, a lot of times uh, what we also wanna look at is electrolytes. So we have our vitamins and things like that, but you know, endurance athletes, you're gonna sweat out. Right. Um, so you want to make sure that you replenish those electrolytes. So when we're talking about, you know, potassium and magnesium and things like that, um, one person and their needs are very different than another. So if you're an athlete and you're doing major miles and you're sweating more than the average person, then naturally you want to replace that. So I think we have again, different it, sweat rates also. Exactly. So you want to look Physiology at Physiology is different from person to person. So Exactly. So when someone says, oh, you don't need a multivitamin, you have to know what specific needs that person has. And then you can adjust accordingly. Also, you want to consider if someone's vegan, then you have to adjust for what they're not getting from their diet, right? And then making sure that they're also getting the vitamins and minerals they may need from a multivitamin. So to help complement or supplement what they're not getting. So it really is going to be a kind of a personalized approach. Um, and a lot of times, you know, when, when I deal with clients, I look at, hey, what do you need? Right. Because, of course, you're looking at NIH, you're looking at a lot of the recommendations, um, a lot of the evidence based bodies that have different recommendations. You just want to make sure that you are meeting the needs of that particular person for their age, you know, uh, their physical activity levels and things like that. And everybody's different. That's why I, I don't do a general across the board because you really have to adjust for what that person individually needs. Yakutala, I would ask you, you know, um, from your point of view, uh, I think that vegetarians and vegans don't get sufficient absorbable B12. So that's another supplement that that's one might one. consider taking. And, and vitamin D is a huge one that vitamin I see in, in, in my for, clients. It's yes, huge very much because so. if you look at vitamin D sources, a lot of them come from animal-based sources right? Your yeah. salmon, your eggs, things like that outside of a UV radiated mushrooms, right? Um, oh, vegans yeah. aren't necessarily eating that kind of stuff to get the vitamin D. And it, this is outside of sun exposure. So again, you have to really adjust and see what that individual person needs. And I take a multivitamin too. So. So I do not multivitamins. Okay. Or supplement. Yeah. 
I do not take supplements, um, but I did document everything that I was eating to figure mm -hmm. out what I need to balance. Balance. Ah. Mm -hmm. So I did note like, okay, what do green vegetables give me? So being not, you know, not being a physician, mm -hmm. um, but actually taking, you know, uh, counsel from my doctor, what I did need. And I documented to your all's point, what I needed and what am I missing? Um, and being an athlete, sweating a lot, I am also an F2C athlete. So I do take electrolytes, um, making oh sure God. that I put things back in. So that's yep. why I, was, I have a lot of food, colorful mm -hmm. food, mm -hmm. to make sure that I'm balancing all the things that I'm just not having with the multivitamin. Not that I'm against multivitamins, mm -hmm. I just really hate them. So, but I find that I like to cook. So I try to add in all the different ingredients that will give me the things that I need um, some things that I try to remember to take is like, I have these elderberry, um, oh. gummies. Um, there's just a couple of things that I know if I don't have it in the food that I'm making, I try to do that, but I just, oops, I just forget <laughs> to take vitamins. So I cook and I just try to make sure that, and I write down my ingredients to balance the things that I may not be getting for being a vegan. So just another perspective. And that's a different level of discipline. For me, it's, I have I have my two little cups. I just I put the supplements for one day in the cup, and then I put the the next day in the cup just in case I forget to fill the first cup. And that's how I keep up with. And I, I say that I do have them handy, so if I do go off track, mm -hmm. um, if I have too much pasta and I didn't went off my regimen, I will take something because I realize okay. that my body does need something. So I do believe in it. Yeah. I just prefer to cook it. Yeah, food first. Yeah, the food <laughs> the first approach. Bowl. Yes. Yeah. So that's just my approach. And that's great to be that disciplined. It definitely takes, um, you know, a, a certain discipline to get to that level. Because when you start <laughs> off, you have to learn what works for you right. and what you're able to do. I fell and crashed so many right. times. <laughs> food is medicine. Like, food I is medicine. Food is medicine. And I tell, I recommend all the time people to move towards a plant-based diet, even if not definitely. completely, as far as they can get that way, because so many of my patients are overweight and pre-diabetic. Even when they have a right-sized weight, they have genetics that weigh in and they're pre-diabetic. I'm pre-diabetic exactly. too. So, yeah. you know, exactly. a plant-based diet works for that. Definitely. Some things can yeah. be measured, you know, with annual physical exams. You can measure vitamin D level. You can measure B12 level very easily. Right. Your electrolytes are automatically measured, at least mm -hmm. most of them. There are things that are not measured regularly, like selenium and things like that. But you know, you can be guided by your individual needs as well, too. So there, there there's a great resource. Um, I'm actually going to drop a few links in the chat box. Um, there is a resource uh, by NIH, and it actually provides specific information on vitamins and minerals, um, a lot of information where there are recommendations based on um, kind of your age uh, and your gender. Um, so you guys can actually have a look at that. Um, and earlier, Jaja was talking about a lot of herbs and spices. Um, so I'm actually a CookSmart affiliate, um, and we developed a really uh, great, um, what do you call it, uh, resource that looks at um, a complete uh, spice guide. So it has information on um, different spices you can use with different uh, grains or uh, protein products and things like that. And I'm also going to drop that in the chat box so you guys can have a look at that as well. And I believe Khadija will share this to the yeah, uh, group sure later. Yeah, I'll make sure and I, I'm living proof that so, sometimes there's nothing you can do about what you're genetically predisposed to. Um, 
I'm African-American and I am Cuban-American and every disease that's associated with being Caribbean and being an African-American is in my family. So um, one of the things I have constantly battled with is keeping my A1C normal. And I've been an athlete all my life. Um, I've never, I've never, other than when I was pregnant, if you can be overweight when you're pregnant, I was, I've never been overweight. Um, my body fat is always a couple of points lower than the, uh, than the average for my, um, for my age. I have good muscle tone. So it's, it's some of it, you just, you really have to, you really have to work at it. And especially during this time, uh, a lot of us, our lives have changed. And even though some of us are still training, the other half of our life is more sedentary. So we have to be conscious, more conscious of what we're eating, even though we're still training. I know uh, Guy Mills mentioned last time that he went from doing like 12,000 steps a day to doing 5,000 steps a day. And he didn't even think about it. And that's just, you know, getting in the car, going to work, running from the parking lot to the job and walking around the office. So these are all things that we, we really um, need to, to be conscious of. And I, um, so I know we have a ton of questions and I see Yakutala just put the links into the chat box. I want everybody to be aware of that. Go ahead, Yakutala. Um, I, I was just gonna say one more thing. It's really interesting in the day and age we are in now, um, teleworking, right? So yes. we get up and take a shower and go to the next room and start work, right? So <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> So a lot of it, we have to make sure that we're adjusting to this change. Like we're not getting up and getting dressed and showering necessarily and getting out to our car and then walking those extra steps. Um, looking at ways to adjust our lifestyle. So just outside of, not just nutrition, what else are we doing to support a healthy lifestyle, right? Um, a lot of times you really wanna look at um, what type of relaxation or self-care techniques are we incorporating, right? This is, uh, I believe it's uh, World Mental Health Day today. Um, looking at how we adjust to that, how do we set goals? How do we prioritize rest? Your sleeping patterns have a huge impact on your weight, right? Mm -hmm. um, looking at, just check your nutrition, find enjoyable ways to move, right? Um, at home, in your neighborhood, in your backyard, make sure that you're incorporating um, those other factors that are equally important. It's not just what you eat right, is what you're watching. It's, it's what you're doing, your activities on, on a day-to-day -day basis and how you're adjusting um, to, to a life uh, of COVID and, you know, teleworking and not being as active as before. What, what's motivate, what's keeping you motivated uh, to stay moving and, you know, to stay healthy and, and eat right? Yeah. So we have about 30 minutes left. Um, and I already have a couple of questions that I've written down that people have put in the chat box. And I also want to give people a chance to uh, go live and ask some questions. So uh, Ty Jones, and if I'm pronouncing your name wrong, please correct me if you're still on the call. If you can uh, go ahead and uh, make yourself visible if you want to and come off of mute. And she was saying she's a runner. Uh, she's trying to get into triathlons and duathlons. And I, I guess the gist of her question is, how, how should her diet change, change based on the fact that she's not just running? And once again, that, that's gonna be age-based, whether you're 
you're just trying to finish or you're racing at an elite level. So go ahead and, and ask the young ladies. And if you have a question for me, I don't know if I can answer it, but if you have a question for me <laughs> as well. Okay, thank you. Um, well, I'm about 45 years old. I've been running now for about seven years. Um, and just this year, I decided to um, switch over to try duathlon and triathlon because I have arthritis pretty much everywhere, um, mainly with my knees and several surgeries. So I got into the biking, which I'm really enjoying. Um, but my diet is quite inconsistent, especially with COVID. About a year and a half, two years ago, I was eating right, uh, working out. I felt I was in the best shape of my life um, and actually got down to about 153 pounds. Right now I'm sitting at 167. Still lower than my high school weight, but not where I wanna be. And I still feel quite heavy at times when I'm out and trying to exercise and, and work out. So just- Jaja. Oh, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, you go ahead, I wasn't, go ahead. Um, just wanted to know um, about meal sizes, uh, five to six, if I need to focus more on um, incorporating more protein at each meal or more complex carbs, or more fats. You want to handle that from a position level, and then I can say what changed for me for biking and the different um, the different as an athlete. Yeah, yeah, as athlete. an athlete. Yeah. Do you want to tackle that first? Um, I guess what I would look at it. Um, first of all, I would see what what are your goals right? Identify that. Um, and then I would actually ask what are, like, what are your goals as far as your macros, really looking at kind of your macronutrients, right? Um, assessing your current physical activity level. Um, you know, there, there's a whole nutrition assessment profile that we go through. Um, and then we're able to come up uh, with a plan for you. Um, looking at what your diet is, looking at uh, current uh, state, and then where you want to be. So there, there are several questions I would have. Um, and then we would come up with a, you know, kind of a plan where you could start and then we could reassess where you are, um, you know, week by week, month by month, uh, kind of see what's working and what's not working. Um, what I usually do is um, some of the physician referrals that I get, I also get a patient's labs so I can look at what their profile actually looks like, right? Um, so we can address not just, oh, this is where I wanna be, but I'm also looking, hey, I have diabetes or um, you know, I have you know, CHF. I, I like to look at the complete person um, and then be able to, to really come up with, with a plan that will work for you. One of the things I hear people mentioning too is, is weight. I, and I don't know, maybe I'm a little loony and that's just how I function. I think especially women and stop me if I'm if I'm going off into left field but stop worrying about the weight <laughs> your body will settle to where it performs the best I'm 5'2 maybe on my tall days and um, and I know when they do that BMI thing I'm always close to I'm supposedly overweight but I am I am 50 years old I have, I think it is a 12% body fat. So there's, there's nothing wrong with my body composition, 
but on that little stop worrying about weight where if you train the way you should train and you eat a decent diet, your body is going to settle down to the weight where it performs the best. There's, I know at one point I was, I was really working on trying to lean out and I leaned out too much. And I think I dropped down to like 125 pounds. Somebody asked me, was I feeling okay? So you, you have to be conscious of settling to the weight where you feel most comfortable, not trying to get to a certain number. So don't worry about the weight, worry about your body composition, how much fat you have on your, your body. And as you get older, I, I don't know if this is correct, but are, is it your body fat supposed to, to come up a little bit, isn't it? I don't know. Okay, so I'm just trying um, to give myself a little. No, that, that that's good. That's good. <laughs> um, it, it's funny because um, I, I actually work with um, like uh, veterans, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's funny because they'll come in every so often. They have a fit test they have to take, and you know uh, they got to get on the scale and they got to run a mile or whatever. Um, and these guys are super buff. Like these guys are muscle. Right. And a lot of times they're like, oh, you know, my BMI is, you know, oh, my God, I'm clinically obese. Right. Um, I'm like, dude, you're fine. There's nothing wrong with you because you have to realize what exactly does BMI uh, take into consideration. Right. Um, And you have to look at some the BMI doesn't necessarily look at um, your it only looks at your weight and your height. Right. So it's not necessarily looking at your lean muscle mass. Right. So if your lean muscle mass is a little heavier, then you're going to tip that that scale. You're going to get over the clinically obese line. Right. But you have to look at other factors outside of just the BMI. You have to look at uh, factors um, that are going to affect BMI as far as demographics. I mean, people of color. Right. Um, And looking at the BMI, you know, you want to research it and say, well, what population did they actually come up to develop the BMI? Right. Um, A lot of times with the history of the BMI, they use lean white males. So you're going to use something that was based on lean white males for the entire population, right? I'm not saying just totally discredit it. I'm saying, look at what it was used for initially, right? And when I talk to a lot of my women clients, my women veterans, I'm always like, dude, it's more than just a number on the scale. Don't become slave to the number on the scale. How do you feel? You know when you feel good. You know when your thighs are rubbing together and you can stand to lose a few pounds or change up your lifestyle or tweak your nutrition a little bit, right? So a lot of it, um, we really want to get away from uh, the diet culture because a lot of that is what's fueling us to say, oh, oh my God, I need to really, you know, what's the standard that you're striving for? Are you looking to really just be healthy? Or are you looking to look like Kim Kardashian? Like, let's be realistic in what our goals are um, as far as our overall health and wellness. And I want to address um, her question from a triathlete perspective. So, um, but I think doing the planning and figuring out your goals should definitely come first. So that's why I wanted to hand it over first, because I think that's first important. But once you figure that out, going from running to three disciplines is a lot. It requires a lot of planning. It requires a lot of documentation. So you're saying you have a plan for your workouts. You should have a plan for your nutrition. Just like you're saying, you know what you're going to run that day, you know what you're going to cycle that day, you know what you're swimming, you should know what you're eating ahead of time. Why? Because you're going to be hungry after your workouts (laughs) are over. And if you don't have a plan, you are looking for the nearest thing to stuff everything in your mouth because you didn't plan ahead. And I've posted pictures of myself with my bags and then my big lunchbox. Why? Because when I come out of that pool, where is the food? Like I said, I like to eat. 
So when it's all over, I need to have a plan of that good stuff. Otherwise you're putting back into your body things are not, are not good for you because you're not, you're not mentally thinking. My husband always says, stop going to Costco hungry because you keep coming back with $400 worth of groceries. Um, stop doing that. You need to plan out what you're eating. So just as you're putting on your plan, and just like I said, I learned from like failing and falling, <laughs> which wind up being successful of me realizing, okay, now that didn't work. Um, I need to think about um, after I'm done with the workout, what are the things that I actually need to eat? While you're, before you go work out, what should you be eating? Mm -hmm. During the workout, what should you be taking in? And then when the workout's over, what am I recovering with to help my body keep going? Because you're, it sounds like you're not doing that full time. <laughs> so you probably- And in what order? <laughs> and in what order? That's, that's right. something too. After yes. you, after you train, there's a certain order that you should be mm -hmm, eating mm -hmm. in. You can't, yeah you need to replace yeah. your, your glycogen stores first and then go for the protein. Yeah. So that those are things you need discipline. to be aware of. There's a fourth mm -hmm. discipline. So once you have that plan, you know, you're figuring out what your body needs, depending on where you are in life, age, all those things are a major factor. Then you need to have a plan of what you're doing after these workouts, or you will find yourself sleeping a long time. I've called it the Katie nap often yeah. where I wake up and I don't know where I'm at. <laughs> I didn't eat things properly. I wasn't thinking about the plan and the day is over because I worked out and I slept the rest of the day because I didn't recover and put the right things back in my body. So hopefully I have poor pacing on my naps. They're 30 <laughs> minutes, but they generally take three to four hours. <laughs> hopefully that was helpful. Does anybody else have, I don't see any additional questions in the chat. Did I miss some questions that somebody wanted to, to ask? Go ahead and uh, make yourself visible on your video and turn on your mic and feel free to ask either of us the question. And as you can see, you will be more fruitful if you ask Jaja or Yakutala the question. <laughs> But it sounds or, like- Or Dr. Too. Lyons. We got a doctor in the house, y'all. Yes, yes. I have a question too for you guys, uh, for Zsa and for Yakutala. You know, in, in my area, I think that a lot of folks just don't have a good relationship to their food um, from a psychological standpoint. There are people that grow up eating a certain way and those things that are in their childhood are comforting to them to eat. So mm -hmm. I think sometimes- getting a little bit more into their history, their psychological profile is, is helpful sometimes. Yeah. Folks are a little bit delusional, I find, about what's good and what's not good or what they're really doing. So, yeah. and being honest with themselves is a good starting point for anyone. And if you can get someone to be as honest as possible with how they're approaching their diet, I think it's helpful. Yeah. It's funny, because we'll, I'll go ahead, Jaja. Sorry, my goal is not to torture myself. I still want to eat. So right. if I think about my background, I was born in New York, but I grew up in Southern California where I had a lot of Hispanic friends and I had tacos and burritos all the time. I don't want to give up tacos, but how can I make that a little healthier for myself so that I'm not torturing myself and still loving other things? How can I still have things that my mom has made that may have been, you know, I need to change that now um, not torturing myself, but still enjoying my food, still loving to cook, still loving to eat. Because when I'm done working out, I want good food. 
Um, so I totally agree. There's an emotional side to it where I, it's not a diet, it's a lifestyle change, but I still want to love it so that I don't go back to eating something that's not good for me. That doesn't make me feel great. So Jessica, I see, I see you've made yourself live. How are you? I'm well, how are you? And thank good, you to good. everyone. Um, in relationship to the emotional piece, I'm kind of going through some uh, nutritional stuff. And one of the things that became very clear from um, the gentleman that's uh, leading that is we tend to go back to uh, when we need it, the emotions of our ch childhood. So for an example, if when you were a kid and you did something great, your parent gave you a cookie or you got ice cream, mm -hmm. as an adult, when you do something well, what do you go to? The cookie and the ice cream. Mm -hmm. And we have to figure out how to break that cycle. And that was really good for me. Uh, luckily, I don't have a sweet tooth. So that wasn't one of those. But I have a salty, crunchy uh, tooth. Um, so I wanted to share that. But that's not why I brought up my, my screen for a question. I have a major problem with getting enough protein. I am a vegetarian. Um, I've been tracking my food actually really consistently since March. Mm -hmm. And what I've noticed is I do really well right up to like the 50, 55 grams. But in reading books like Racing Weight and all of those, they talk about what we need as endurance athletes. And technically, I should be somewhere in the 75 to 80 grams. And to be real honest with you, the way I'm doing it now, because I can't figure out how to do it from a vegetarian standpoint, is I'm doing fish. Because that gives me a big boost in each meal. And I don't do fish in all meals, but I need to really get to the 20 to 25. So I'd love to get away from the pescatarian. So I'm wondering if you ladies can share ways that I can get the biggest, <laughs> the biggest bang for my buck out of those three major meals. What, what, what I'd like to offer um, is when we do our macros, we identify a wide spectrum of proteins mm -hmm. and we do a core food assessment. So it's actually a resource where you see all of your proteins and yeah. it basically tells you for you know each serving how much protein you get. Right. And then you're able to put something specific, specific together uh, from a sports nutrition perspective. Um, so if you want, I mean, you know, I, I can send it to you. It, it's really easy to just book a free session um, okay. and you can actually kind of get that information. I mean, at, at least to put together kind of where you want to go if you want to get away from pescatarian, looking at all of your protein options, mm -hmm. um, identifying if you have any specific allergies, um, because that's also going to affect whether or not you're able to, you know, consume certain proteins. Um, so really just kind of knowing what you need and identifying um, your, I guess, max total for that particular macronutrient. Okay. What are you, what are you using for your, as your protein sources now? What are your go-tos? Um, go-tos are, I do a protein shake that is um, 16 grams, but I, per a cap, um, you know, container, but I up it to one and a half. Mm -hmm. um, so there's my 23-ish, 24 right there. Uh, the salmon and tofu. And then of course, all the vegetables, but the vegetables, they don't give me enough bang for my buck. They're not going to give you that much protein. I know. They're giving me, if, if I stay totally ve vegetarian, I'd probably be in the 25 to 30 gram. And so the only way I'm getting to 50 right now is with those extras. And I mean, luckily I'm, I'm 
logging everything in fitness pal so Not fitness pal mm-hmm. right and so it's giving me all of that the other thing in fitness pal let me know i'm i don't feel anemic but my god i could be my iron is just, it's like every i've gone back and flipped so i'm gonna work on the iron piece um but i mean that's the the really great thing about tracking what you eat mm-hmm. if you're a creature of habit you tend to eat almost the same thing every day. So then it starts popping up. Just in ticks all the boxes. How <laughs> yeah. so easy at that point. But yes, um, I'd love to do the core assessment because I, like I said, I have some standards. I probably eat about 25 different things a week. I may stray about 10%, you know, two to three other types of food, but I got my core stuff and I'm good with it. You know, I, I'm not feeding any kids any longer. So I, if, if I want to eat, beans the whole week I can eat beans the whole week yeah. <laughs> nuts and seeds and beans I mean there's so many different types of, <laughs> no, types of protein and, that. Oh, yeah quinoa, I, I love quinoa that is like, if you switch up that's why I love bowls I love bowls add the different things to it and oh, I don't know if you were on for the demonstration like I was just showing things that I put in there because I documented the things that I needed so I needed mm-hmm. beans I needed the tofu mm-hmm. I nutritional yeast, like each one of those things is giving me something that I need in the morning. Um, and if I know I had a longer workout, then after I have that, sometimes I'll have to, <clears throat> to okay. still balance it so that I can still make it through the day without crashing. So I really had to write things down. And once I got it, I was like, this is it. <laughs> this yes. Yes. Works. I think you this have to be careful about with. iron supplements also. Yes. Because Folks that are vegan vegetarians, iron is just less bioavailable in vegetables. So they, yeah, they have heme and non-heme, and then identify. So a mineral supplement is actually that's one of the few things, along with B12, that's useful to to supplement. Exactly. Yeah, and and, and then I, looking at iron from your foods too. Yeah. See, I'm only getting iron to to the biggest extent is probably some from the fish, but I eat a lot of spinach, so I'm picking it up there. Um, and I'm glad that you did the tofu scramble because. That is the only way I like eggs and I've tried to remove myself from dairy. So now just looking at them, like that looks like what my eggs used to look like. So thank you. I needed you. that replacement. So yes. I kind of, and like I said, I switch it off. Sometimes it's beans, you know, sometimes no. it's something else to give me what I need. So hopefully, yeah, I'm glad That's that gonna was- That's going to be cool. great. I mean, if it looks, if it looks like it, I'm good. Yeah. And I like, and I like nutritional use. So at any rate, thank you. Okay. So one of the things I'd like to talk about too, you talked about emotional eating, eating. Um, One of the things I, that was a thing when I was a kid, you know, you'd get a treat for doing something well. One of the things I try to do with my kids is get them a toy or do an activity instead of rewarding them with food. Mm -hmm. Like today, my daughter, she brought her math grade up. So she wanted fake nails. So she'd walk around with her fake nails. So that's, we do that. And that, I don't know if this is the right forum to address it, but I do know, of, and I can't remember her name. There was a professional triathlete, Chrissy Wellington. She was very open about the fact that she got out of the sport of triathlon because of the pressure. She became uh, anorexic. And that seems to be a common thing amongst runners, um, gymnasts, triathletes. I mean, it is... I don't know if this is the right forum, but that's something too, developing a healthy attitude and eating as fuel, not for 
comfort and emotional satisfaction that I think sometimes as athletes we fall into. And the other thing going back to having to be a certain number on the scale. And I don't know, I know it, it, it impacts, I, I was looking at the demographic, it impacts Caucasian women more so than African-American women, but I've seen it bleed over into different cultures as well. Is that something, especially as, as, a, as a dietitian that you, you, you come across, Yukutola? Um, a lot of what I come across um, is emotional eating. Mm -hmm. um, I, there was a, a psychology food as medicine class uh, that I taught. Um, and a lot of it was focused on, I guess, just the you know, environment that we live in um, and rewarding behaviors, just looking at, you know, really specifically looking at food rewards instead of saying, hey, I'm just going to take a massage or I'm going to reward myself, you know, with something that I really like um, and looking at how, what that transition looks like. Um, a lot of times, and I, I'm blessed to have this available, um, but what I do is I actually work with um, a mental health provider when some of my mm -hmm. patients come to me, because sometimes what needs to happen is that part needs to be addressed before they even come to nutrition, because oftentimes there are underlying issues that need to be addressed, even from childhood, um, you know, before you come and we talk nutrition, because sometimes that can stunt or prevent their growth. Um, or their approach to nutrition if we haven't um, identified the underlying uh, issues. So it really just depends on the person too. Jaja? I, know I had several um, instances, I don't know if they saw and you would ask me like, why are you so tired? You know, um, and I would, I, and I would always have to try to dissect what was going on. And when I realized I needed to make a change um, and that it was with food, I realized I felt better. Sometimes something happens with the scale, but I think when we originally, when we started off, we said, when you recognize what your goal is, your goal is to you know, do a race, your goal is to feel better. Um, the other things can, will fall into place, but my goal was to be healthy and to feel better. Um, and that's why my nutrition changed. I do not, uh, I think in the past, I used to reward myself with, um, uh, we would go to Cheesecake Factory. And then mm. when I I'd go to sleep, <laughs> I have all that other stuff and then the day is over. So this is like, it's really a good day. <laughs> I'm asleep and I'm not recovering from oh. that. So, <laughs> you know, it was a change to like, I think the word should be an activity that we spend time together. No longer like something that's putting me out for a long time. Um, and I figured out like a good treat for myself. Um, but I had to change from that emotional eating because one, it was making me tired and I was losing precious time and wasn't feeling good. Um, so if you're, I think if you're planning ahead, um, if you're really thinking about what your goals are, that will help with, um, and we say this off, off, often, what is your why? Yeah. The other things will what fall into place. That's like, right. Why are you even doing this? You need to change your lifestyle. And there's always things that happen um that winds up you thinking about your why i think once you identify that the other things you'll notice will start to fall into place and ralph even just mentioned yeah i think your why is a, is a good thing too and i think uh, another psychological tool that I, I help for those that are so inclined is that you know the realization that a lot of healthy behavior and healthy diets follow your athletic goals 
So if you have something else that leads you ahead of healthy choices in your diet, it's very useful. A lot of folks lose a little weight because they want to get faster and not left behind on the bike or, mm -hmm. you know, and, uh, or left behind on the run. So their, their choices to are, are not just about starving, but, but about eating healthy choices. And it eventually evolves to something, uh, of a science for an individual. So I think mm -hmm. that's a, a helpful psychological tool you can use for folks that are, are inclined improving overall performance. And, and that's why it's so important to set goals ahead of time. You know, um, what's your motivation for doing what you're doing and identifying that because that is what's going to carry you through. When you hit those hard days, you got to remind yourself, why am I doing this? Why am I in this in the beginning? Um, yeah, so. Yeah, this has been amazing. I know that you quote a lot and I, I myself need to, uh, need to drop off. Yeah, she yeah. needs to, we need to drop off. Uh, our evening prayer is about to be out, but um, I'm gonna go ahead and let you drop off. I'm the one who did the poor planning, forgot that. <laughs> yeah. But um, thank you so much, Yakutala. I'm going to make sure that her uh, information is available um, and her website is available. She is a uh, licensed dietitian um, and she can do consults remotely if you're really trying to get a hold of uh, your nutrition and your nutrition planning. And I would like for Jaja to do her own closeout and uh, let us know how we can contact her. Is Nikki, if Nikise is on the call, please show yourself in, and join your, uh, your partner in crime, the exposed vegan. I think Nikise came up with that name. <laughs> well, we, <laughs> the way it came up is we had different names and we realized these are just things that we don't talk about enough, that mm -hmm. we just don't share enough. And we just determined like, we need to expose all this. We need to share more. Um, and so that's really where, where the name came from, um, Exposed Vegan. It was just, mm -hmm. uh, Nikis often talks about um, her journey through menopause. And I've talked about my um, arthritis and how I still run through it and how I was just avoiding pills and shots and so many things. So we were just exposing all the things that we've learned that women just don't talk about enough and that we don't share enough. Sometimes we're just ashamed to share that we're at a certain age and some things need to change if we want to go to the bathroom. Um, there's just different things that we wanted to expose and talk about. So um, to wait to stay in touch with myself and Nikis, um, you can find us at exposedvegan.com. You can also follow us on Instagram. You can follow us on our Facebook page. We have a YouTube channel. You can follow us on LinkedIn. And uh, we're very excited that our storefront uh, grand opening is going to be on November 1st. We have a bike and run before that. We're gonna do a ribbon cutting ceremony. Um, and then everyone that pre-orders uh, will have special gifts. So we're really excited about that. And then after that, uh, we will be uh, a few months down the road, which is in progress right now. We'll have some food trucks around Charlotte. We really want to share, uh, starting with the Charlotte community, um, just everything that we've learned. And we both love to cook and we want to share that. So um, we want to have good food everywhere. Um, we've noticed that when you're done with a race, the first thing you see is pizza. Um, and so there's just things that we want to share and that we want to see once we're done to keep um, the African-American community just to start with us um, first. Uh, we've just been learning of how we've been suffering during this pandemic. 
and um, and we want to share with so many others. So uh, that's how you can keep in contact with us. And we love all the support that we've been getting so far. So thank you. And see, now I'm reverse stalking. You said you were stalking me. <laughs> now I'm reverse stalking. I am so amazed um, about the people who have surrounded me and supported me as I've become a triathlete. And you can see, I can have two invited guests and I, Ralph was able to provide input. And I see a plethora of names. If I wanted to call them out, they could provide input. And I wanna thank you so much for giving of yourself and sharing with the community. I do these, I started these web get togethers because, and, and it may not seem like it, but people who meet me in person can kind of see it. I'm an introvert when you first meet me, even Jaja was, I think she was kind of, it wasn't you, it's just, that's just how I am. I'm kind of stand backish at first. This is my way of inviting everybody over and having just an out there conversation. I am so proud of you, Jaja. And I am so proud of Yakutala and the, what you're putting out there in the community, because this is what we need. We have to save ourselves. We have to, as, as, as women, um, as Black women, just we have to save ourselves first because nobody's going to do it for us. Everything I do is what uh, Muslims call Tfisibilahi. It's out there for free. I just want to share the love and share the information. So thank you so, 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 so much. hope you've enjoyed eating for COVID, for triathlon, and for life. If you'd like to see the full video, you can access it on my YouTube channel by going to www.khadijatriathlete.com. That's www.khadijatriathlete.com. Thank you.